0: Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. So very happy to be with you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for this half hour or so when we fill our cup. This is a time when we come together, like-minded folks who want to drink in the positive, to breathe it in, to let it fill our beings so that we can then go out, and do all that we need to do to live our lives with joy, with peace, with conviction and with inspiration. You know, I spent the past week or so super busy. You know, the fall season is beginning, although it's not truly fall yet, but the weather's changing a little bit. But after Labor Day, we, Seem to get busy in different ways, don't you think? Um, it's it's just the time when things <laughs> rev up. You know, th- there's a lot more busyness than I had, or at least in a different way than I had in the summer. So I wonder if that's true for you too. For me, it was Fashion Week. Um, so while I don't do as many shows as I normally do, I was busy out and about going. Uh, connecting with other people, seeing other people's creativity. And one of the things that occurred, because this was a very social period for me in the past week or so, and honestly, even before that, um, was people ask, well, what are you working on? What are you doing? Uh, What are you doing now? And I wonder if that's true for you. Do you have people asking you a lot? What are you doing? What are you up to? Uh, it used to be, especially if there are people you don't know, um, as, as you're meeting people, people would ask, well, what do you do? And that question I have found rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Well, what does it matter? What do I do? And what does that mean? Because often it means what is your job? But is that really what you want to talk about? when people ask you that question, what do you do? So, you know, I train a lot of people from students to uh, folks with projects who are about to talk about them, entertainers, a range of people. I coach on how to communicate well. And that question is often the question that stops people in their tracks. Well, what do you do? If, you know, another way would be to say, well, who are you? (laughs) And even though you probably have a good sense of who you are when asked a question like that, suddenly most of us freeze. Like, what do you mean, who am I? Or what do you mean, what do I do? And often with the what do I do comes, uh, hello everyone, good morning, uh, Charmaine. Thank you for joining all the folks who are here now and those who will be joining uh, On Demand later, welcome. What do you do? So in your brain, I think one of the things that happens is, well, this is what my work is. And then this is what I love doing. This is what my hobbies are. This is how I like to spend my time. And so sometimes for people, when they're asked a question like that, the pause that can be an awkward pause is actually coming because their brain is assessing, well, what do I say? How do I answer this question? What's the most important thing for me to share for other people? and I'm gonna say it's true for a lot of other people, it is uh, maybe what I am doing right now isn't what I want to be doing right now. So then there's a sense of contraction. Well, I don't wanna talk about that. Or sometimes people aren't doing, as in working, doing anything right now because they may be in transition, they may be retired, they may be on um, sabbatical, they may be, what is it called for students? I can't remember now, but you know, basically when you take a break from school and then you go back, why can't I remember? My daughter's in college anyway, cause she's not doing it. <laughs> Anyhow, the point is at any given moment in time, when asked, what do you do? How would you answer that question? And what happens inside of you when you're asked that question? This is something I want, all of us to think about, because there is something that happens inside when people ask you to declare what you do. And depending upon where you are in your trajectory, for many people, it's an awkward moment and they're not sure what to say. So that's the, what do you do? Then the other, what I started off saying was a lot of times in recent days i've been asked well what are you working on what excites you what are you doing that excites you i love that question because it sets you up for something positive what are you doing that excites you when i was asked that question uh, mid-august it was right after my daughter went uh, to school for her second year in college and i was like my daughter and what's happening for her and for those of you with children often your children are at the top of your list of what excites you. And I talked about that. And then, because that the person was really not asking me about her, and then I thought of one of the projects that I'm working on, and I mentioned that. But the first thing was my my daughter, and I talked about her, and it was with authentic joy. And then, because I knew, that's not what the person was asking about, I pivoted to something else that I'm working on, that I felt this was the right time to share with this particular person. I want you to think about how you answer that question. What excites you? What are you interested in? What are you doing that makes you happy? What what are you doing in your life, in your world right now that brings you joy? If you had to answer that question right now, which is, different very very different from what do you do if you had to answer the question what excites you now what are you working on that makes you happy how would you answer it and by the way whatever question you are asked as you're out and about meeting people seeing people you've known for a long time reconnecting and people say well what are you up to now what are you doing you can you can put their question through your filter of what excites you and share that and so you don't have to answer the exact question that someone has brought to you you can answer the question that you feel you want to answer you can put out into the world whatever it is that's on your heart on your soul that you want to share, because there are, could be lots of things on your heart and your soul, some that are to be private for now, some that you may never want to share, but some that you want to put out into the world and, you know, spread like like the bee spread pollen. What is it about you that you want to share? Now, how did I come to this? Because today's focus is not on that question, What excites you? And yet, in a way, it it fits in. Today's focus is make a plan. And why is that important? Well, if you look up quotes about making a plan, you will find hundreds of people sharing why it is important to plan your day, plan your life, even though things change, but just so you have a focus, so you're not sort of you know, wavering in the wind, blowing here and there, doing whatever other people want you to do, not standing in the fullness of you. It's really important to make a plan. And how it connects to what I was just describing is a lot of people that I've talked to, and this has happened to me at different points over my life, and I'm sure it'll happen again, are in the moment of a big question mark. What am I supposed to do now? Like I said, we are transitioning into a new season. People are getting invigorated, you know, uh, determining next. You know, the year is coming to an end. How am I closing out this year? What am I going to do in the next year? How am I ordering my steps? And, And where am I right now? And the where am I right now for a lot of people is stuck. I'm not trying to bring anybody down. I'm just telling the truth. A lot of people I've talked to say that they feel stuck or when they're doing that thing that doesn't work and social media has only pushed it further, comparing themselves to others, then often people feel less than, well, I'm not, look at how much that person's doing. Look Look at all the accomplishments that person has made thus far. Who am I? I'm not doing, you know, I'm not doing anything. And then you start feeling diminished. And I'm gonna bet that this has occurred to some of you who are engaged in this moment with me right now because it happens to us, where we compare ourselves to others or even to whatever our plan was and we aren't always fulfilling whatever the plan was. And so then what happens? I, Want to say, take a breath. When you're feeling like that, when you're spiraling, when you're like, oh, you know, I'm not doing what I thought I was going to be doing. When I'm asked that question, what excites me? Nothing that I'm doing. When you start feeling diminished and you, you know, your spirit starts feeling diminished, stop. Take a breath and reassess. And so the quote actually for it today, for this week, is my own quote. And It is instead of worrying, make a plan. Instead of worrying, make a plan. It's a simple point, it is profound and I share it with you as one who has lived it. I wrote this in, um, I think it's in my book, Choosing Truth, which I wrote many years ago. It's a book about the inner journey. And there is a chapter dedicated to this, instead of worrying, make a plan. And I'll give you one example that I share in that book and that I think may resonate with some of you. As an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur for many, 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 many years, almost 30 years, long time. In New York City, I'm proud of myself for still being here, doing my thing all these years later, almost 30 years later. And as an entrepreneur, at least for me, you know, it's it's a ride like this. There are ups and downs, there are highs and lows, there's abundance and lack of abundance in terms of resources. It is not static in any way. And there was a point some years ago when it it was around this time, by the way. Maybe that's why it came to me, because this this quote instead of wearing make a plan came to me this morning as i was preparing uh, to be with you for this broadcast and it's towards the end of the year kind of planning for next year assessing what this current year has been like and and realigning and two of my biggest contracts that particular year were naturally coming to a close it wasn't the end of a bad relationship. It was just, they were contracts. That was when they were naturally gonna end. They were ending at about the same time. And I had not replaced those contracts yet. So while there were others, these were the big ones. And I felt myself internally going into a panic. Like, what am I gonna do? I have my staff, I have my family, blah, blah. You know, the list of things that Are my responsibilities. And the more I felt contracted about this, the more literally my shoulders kind of crunched down and I started looking down. And I realized that I was kind of folding in on myself as opposed to thinking creatively. And you know how I position myself is as a creative person. I have been for ever i've produced all kinds of creative projects and books and events and you know on and on and on none of that was in my head at this moment and as i sat there two things happened one i sort of was slumped over and i did not allow myself to stay there and i started asking myself what are you good at remind yourself, Harriet, what are you good at? What can you do? What have you done? What makes you happy? What excites you? That wasn't the question then. But that's the question today, what excites you? What? What can you do? What can you do right now? And as I had that thought as I was slumped over literally, eyes closed. I remembered one of the things I do well, my first love is writing. So I said, oh, I should write a book. Now, that could sound like a crazy idea, but by that point, I think I would written about four books, I'd published about four books, so I knew it was something that I could do successfully because I'd done it successfully, including having a bestseller. And so I said, okay, now it's time for me to create at least a book proposal, and try to figure out, you know, what should a book be if I'm gonna write a book? What can it be? And I decided that I would spend time working on crafting ideas for a book. And, and, and this is the big and, because this was a sort of out of the blue thing that was obvious, but only, when I opened my eyes. So literally, I told you I was slumped down, I looked down. When I opened my eyes, I noticed something I was doing that I hadn't even paid attention to really because I had started a few years earlier, maybe two years earlier, crocheting. Every summer my family and I go out to Sag Harbor and my daughter was young, so this is mm, probably 10 years ago. This, this whole story emerged about 10 years ago. And I taught my daughter how to crochet it was something we could do. The house that we were staying in had no television. When you got a little kid, you gotta figure out something. So I'm teaching her, and then I really got into it and I would just been crocheting and crocheting and making all of these things and getting into unusual fibers and just having a lot of fun. And almost it was uh, automatic. I was doing this while I was working and i looked down and i was making something and i said ah why don't i sell some of these things because at this point i've made a ton of items and they were really beautiful and unusual and so as a meditator i i had already uh, made the effort to make something that was 108 stitches wide that's a, a like magic number in spiritual circles, because it helps you if you can do something with discipline 108 times back and forth, it calms you. I ended up naming this line 108 stitches for about 10 years. Not only did I make these things, but I sold them. I did Lincoln Center, Crafts Fair, I did craft fairs around the country. Maybe it became an enterprise that I started because I looked down, you know, what am i good at what am i doing and literally i was doing something that i could offer to the world and perhaps some of you have seen those works i don't do it now it's on pause it was intense my friends joke with me do you crochet in your sleep it almost felt like it but not only did this bring me joy it brought me resources so i worked on a book and i created this accessories line that had about a 10 year run. Who knew? I did those two things instead of going and hibernating in my room and crying and feeling sorry for myself and, you know, not knowing what to do in order to have the resources necessary. So I told you that long story, not to say, oh, look what I did. It's not that, it's to say to you, what can you do? What excites you? What plan can you put into place instead of worrying? instead of worrying, make a plan. I promise you it works. But in the moment when you're when you're struggling, when you are feeling depleted, when you're taking shallow breaths, when you are feeling less than, when you are feeling uncreative, even if you, even if your work is creative, which mine is, when you get into that stuck place, and I'm gonna take you back to these social settings because I know as we are out and about more, you are finding yourself in those settings too. When you are out and about, you're seeing people for the first time in a long time. People are greeting you, oh, it's so great to see you. What's up? What have you been up to? What are you doing, Charmaine? What are you doing, Lori? You know, those of you who are joining me right now, what what are you up to? Ask yourself, filter that question through your question. What excites you? What excites me right now? I want you to plan to contemplate that question. What excites you right now? And then have an answer. It doesn't have to be your lifelong answer. Have an answer for now. And when you go out, be ready to answer the question that you've come up with at least one answer. What excites you? And share it. And that thing that excites you needs to be part of your plan. So, like when I look down, like, oh my God, what? I don't know. I don't know. I worked on a book, I created a lot of accessories. I mean, I sold hundreds of beautiful pieces made of sumptuous fabric and really uh, uh, fibers that I turned into fabric. Why? Because that's what my spirit told me to do. And then I told people and they they supported me because these things were made with love, offered with love and received with love. What a difference. What a difference when you tap into yourself, your own greatness. That's what Dream Leapers is all about. Tap into your greatness and offer it to the world and make a plan for offering it. You can't just go, oh, wow, in my meditation, it told me I should be doing this. Then you have to do it, right? You have to do it. So I'm gonna tell you another story. And the reason I tell stories about myself is I hope that they will inspire you for you. And I see Lori says, she's an artist and she's stuck. So this is a God sent message. Thank you, Lori. That is the intention. That is my intention to be a vessel for your greatness. And, And if there's one person that I can touch in that way, then I'm so grateful because I feel that's my purpose. So I worked for Essence magazine for many years. Uh, Those of you who know me know that. And at a certain point it was time to go. And how I knew that is that there was a lot of friction, a lot of discomfort. And I often say that let friction be your friend. It is the wake up call time to do something different. At this time, my job was super public. I was a national figure on TV all the time, doing events for Essence all over the country and beyond. And I also had written my first book and I was working on another book. And I went to a cocktail party and a man sat down next to me. And just context, I was in a negative state of mind, but my mother taught me do not, do not go out if you can't find your positive and do not complain period when you're out and about for sure don't complain people don't want to hear that do you hear me don't complain people don't want to hear it it is a repellent complaints so i went to this event i had to fix my mind like they say fix my face to be positive so this guy sits next to me he knows me we know each other and he says harriet what are you doing that question that question and he knew what my job was So I'm like, why is he asking me that? And I decided, while I didn't have this question, what excites me then, I knew my mother's wisdom, you better say something positive. So I said, well, I'm working on this book. This book is an etiquette book. It's called How To Be. And he says, well, tell me about it. And essentially, (coughs) it's a book, it's a guide for how to know who you are and from where you come know what is expected along the way and be empowered with that knowledge (coughs) pardon me so that you can move with grace and integrity wherever you're going i told him that and he said oh do you think you could teach that to my artist i said teach them what teach them how to be kind of like old motown So this person was Andre Harrell. He was the president of Uptown Records. That's where Puffy was, Mary uh, Mary J. Blige, uh, Heavy D, Jodeci, all those acts that we're celebrating now, they were part of the golden era of hip hop that is now celebrating its 50th anniversary. This is about 25 years ago, something like that. And I said, sure, sure. I can do that. That started a career that lasts to this day, where I work with recording artists, I work with students, I work with corporate executives, teaching them how to step into their greatness. Now, how to leap into their greatness. Among my first clients, Mary J. Blige, Alicia Keys, Erica Badu, Carl Thomas, moving on through the pantheon of so many people over all these years, have been my clients who have helped to learn how to tell their story and to really claim their greatness as they move through space why because i was ready to answer the question that question of what are you doing now harriet the question that stymies people so often i was able to answer the positive like my mother said do not complain i could have easily complained about What I didn't like about my job anymore and I did not do that. Nobody wants to hear the complaint. I hope you hear me. Nobody wants to hear the complaint. Don't even complain in your brain because the complaint starts there. Let the complaint go and create space for what's next. Instead of worrying, worrying includes that complaint, put the worry aside, take a deep breath, and make a plan. My plan at that time was complete this book. My plan at that event was say something positive. I didn't, I just had that in my head because it was my mother's voice in my head. And when he asked me that question, I was able to answer with this is what my book is. It didn't exist yet, y'all. It was an idea. This is a 500 page book it took me a long time to finish it i was working with mary j blige before i finished the book but i had the confidence to answer that question yes i can do that and that has built my business the answer to that question yes not complaining making a plan and then i had to make a curriculum to work with these people partly it was innate partly it was all of my years of training from my parents on how to do things appropriately, partly it was my experience at Essence and traveling around the world and being with all kinds of people. It was everything that built my confidence to say I can do this. I made a plan, I executed the plan, and I continue to execute this plan. I hope you're hearing me wipe the worry away, wipe the complaints away, let them go, breathe them out of your being. And you can't just sit there and do nothing. You must put your stake in the ground for something. What are you going to do next? And even if like, let's say you have a job that is a perfectly fine job and you wanna do something more. Well, what's your stake in the ground for that more? Many people are not entrepreneurs. I'm in no way suggesting that's what you need to be. I am saying whatever you need to be, whatever you need to do for you, do it. Make a plan and make it happen. Make a plan and schedule it in. That creative idea that says, wow, yeah, I should do this, like 108 stitches for me. I then had to figure out how can I, what is the line going to be? How am I going to sell it? How am I gonna tell people about it? It was a whole thing. It wasn't, oh, this is great. I'm gonna do this now. Instead of worrying, friends, make a plan. Make a plan that has, there's the big picture and then are the little steps that lead to the completion. And those are the things that are important. Inspiration often comes with a big idea. In order to manifest the inspiration, you have to figure out the little steps that you can check off your list that get you to your goal. This is essential. Without this, you've just got a big idea. Oh, like, oh, I'm gonna write a book. I tell people all the time, work on it an hour every day. If you don't you probably won't get that book done what is it in your heart what excites you answer that question go deep inside what excites you what can you declare you can say out loud what excites you that you want to share with other people because when you share it out loud you are able to begin the manifestation If you don't tell anybody, chances are it is a seed that is unwatered, it dies. Plant the seed, figure out the answer to the question, what excites you? When you're out and about and people ask you about yourself, answer the, what do you do? What are you doing now with what excites you? Even if it's something that's in the future. Like my book, it I had a contract, but it didn't exist yet. I talked it into existence and it ended up helping to launch my business. What is it that excites you? Figure it out, sit with it, figure out steps to make it manifest, manifest determine how to talk about it so that you attract people who are interested in it to you. By the way, I want you to protect your ideas too. So like Dreamleapers, I trademarked the name before I started talking about it. So there's a balance. Yes, you wanna talk about things and you have to figure out your strategy for when. You don't always have to trademark something. But determine how to protect your ideas, and there's a balance between protection and sharing. You have to understand that there's the possibility that someone may borrow your idea. You don't want that to happen, but again, the balance is sometimes it's more important to put it out there. But then you have to do it, because if you say it, say it, say it, say it, and don't do it, somebody will do it so take action friends take action sit with it figure out what excites you determine next steps to make it happen and then share it with people who you believe will help make your life that much brighter thank you for spending this time with me it is always a treat to share in this energy flow of greatness until next time you have a great day and make it count. Namaste.